Hey everybody, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and this is episode number 153, May of 2022. Katie Hartman is many things. She's a theater maker, which includes oh, playwriting, acting, singing, being a musician, and a producer. Her career has taken her around the world as one half of the Cold Hearts, performing such macabre works as Edgar Allan and the unrepentant necrophile, Yes Kids, It's a Musical. She's with us today as the producer of the No Theaters 2022 Cincinnati Fringe, a glorious two-week festival featuring new and exciting acts both local and from places far and wide. I'm just going to get this started because, you know, I used to run a fringe myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, some of the best times I've actually had in theater because just meeting so many wonderful people and working so hard. But why did you want and how did you get this insane position of, like, being pretty much in charge of uh, this huge – getting one show up is bad enough. But how many – what do you got, 29 shows coming in? I have 29 primary lineup in-person shows. I have three digital primary lineup shows. I have five special events and I am currently, I'm currently finding acts for our free outdoor stage. <laughs> okay. So 20, how many days is this thing going to run? It is 14 days and we're dark on Mondays. Okay, so 14 days, 29 plus 3 plus 5 plus whatever else comes along. So we have 100, I know that we have 177 in-person, indoor, unique performances. And then once you add all of our outdoor performances, it will be, it, it will be hundreds of performances. Yeah. Okay. Have you gotten any sleep in the past year and a half? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is, that. my gosh, that's um, quite a number of things to arrange. That's, how, how did you get this job in the first place? I wanted it. I found myself, uh, I, I found luck. myself in mid-September of 2021, um, kicked off the dole you know as as we all were yeah from our government subsidized our we were government subsidized artists for the first time in the united states during the mm. pandemic and that provided us with rest and the most money we had made on a monthly basis in a very long time i think ever maybe yeah okay. ever yeah and I have a history of producing theater tours for our company, as I have been doing with Nick for the past, since, well, since 2013. Yeah. Um, you know, we realized, well, in 2019, we, we really went all in with our tour. And whenever we weren't at a fringe festival, we were filling in the gaps like a band and going mm -hmm. to the city's in between where we were traveling and putting up pop-up venues in those cities as we, gotcha. as we traveled. Just to and clarify, so Nick is your partner. 
in... Nick Ryan is my, yes, he is my partner in life and in art. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. Oh. And you guys together are the Cold Hearts, correct? We are the Cold Hearts, yes. Okay, yeah, because we're, we're going to get to that because that's a subject all to itself. In fact, we've already spoken about this on this show a couple of years ago, but I'd love to come oh back my to God. this. That, that was, was that 2014? That 2015. Was 2015. 2015? <sighs> yeah, oh, I know. Right? Okay, so the, <laughs> so the unrepentant necrophile was but a twinkle in our eye. We were like, oh. we think we can do this crazy thing, George. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I so wish I had seen that show because it sounds so much like it's right up my alley. And you know, I'd, I'd already seen you guys doing Edgar Allen, which I saw twice, which was which was not enough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, oh my God. Okay. So you got kicked off the doll and you were filling in and doing all the, just theatering around and doing musical stuff like crazy. I mean, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people pivoted and started doing online things and we did not, I have to say at the beginning of 2020, we, by, by mid February, we had done all four of our original productions in the last six weeks, we had done, we had done Edgar Allen and the Legend of White Woman Creek in Orlando. We did Edgar Allen and Edgar Perry at the Poe Museum in Richmond, Virginia, and then we had just done an off-off Broadway run of the Unrepentant Necrophile at Here Art Center in mid-February. And we were looking down the barrel of 2020, and we were booked. We, by a theater maker's standards, we were, we were looking at success. We yeah. were booked throughout the year. And as a theater, as an independent theater maker in New York City, I, I looked at the year and I was very excited and I was also feeling very daunted. I didn't know how we were going to survive, you know, cause I was already, it, it's, it is an unending marathon. When you live in New York City, yeah. you are you, you tour on the road and then you come back and then there's no time for at least we had not made time for rest and because we couldn't afford it, you know. We were too busy right. making that rent. And so it's it's weird to say my year is booked, you know. I mean, you you got all these gigs that Yeah. Yeah. And touring is is grueling. It's grueling yeah. work. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. So so all of this was taking its toll. And in a way, when, you know, when Broadway shut down and everything and we and we went into quarantine, yeah. I sighed a huge sigh of relief. I I had I had never been given the opportunity to rest or check in with myself. I had never allowed myself to relax and question well I was always questioning like is there a better way to do this (laughs) you know but so often the answer to that is yeah don't do theater you know but that's not an option yeah you're a starving artist what are you doing you know and so that was an amazing journey not only for myself but for Nick you know we both we both re-examined our relationship to the theater and our careers and our own yeah and our and our own our own bodies you know like i 
Um, I read this incredible book about burnout by she is a doctor and she writes with her sister, um, Emily Nagoski. And it's all about the burnout. It's It's all about the stress cycle and how to complete the cycle. And that was very illuminating for me where I was like, oh, I haven't been essentially in my work. I have not been allowing myself to complete the stress cycle so that my body, which doesn't know that it's not experiencing all of the things that it is going through in a play when you're embodying that role as an actor I wasn't yeah and so I was holding all that all that tension all that all that stress even after the show you know and that it doesn't yeah it does I mean I think what a lot of normal people and I'm using air quotes here folks for those of you who can't see me yeah normal (laughs) people don't realize is Actors on stage, good actors, are people in conflict and they're people with trauma. And they get up on stage and they act this trauma out in front of lots of other people. And they do this night after night. If they're lucky, they get a good run. You know, like you guys have been going, I'm not keeping track of you guys for several years now. And you're just busy, 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 busy. You're taking the shows here and there. And this is not Noel Coward that you're doing. This is like digging up Noel Coward and putting him on the wall kind of, you know, that kind of theme. If, <laughs> if you write that, I get credit, okay. Um, <laughs> digging Noel, there we go. Um, <laughs> but it takes Life a toll. Life uh, Gosh. It takes a toll. It, it does. It's, and, um, and so it was lovely to rest from that. And that was a strange juxtaposition to be so grateful for the world stopping. Mm. You know, I felt like I wished for it. I felt like I had a monkey's paw and I went, I wish everything would just stop. And then it did. So anyway, so fast forward to September, 2021 kicked off the dole and you know, it cycle. If even if you're like, I'm ready for this, like I'm ready to go back to work, you know, even if, you know, I'm vaccinated, like, um, there still was a resistance to return to the old way of life. It didn't seem like enough had changed in our society for us to be stable or safe, you know? And so I just remember I was like, I was in a really low place and I was talking to my best friend and, and I just said, I just wish that, that like, I just, I just know that if I got the opportunity to do something like, produce the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. That, that's what I want to do. Like, that's, that's, I know I'd be really good at that. You know, I feel like, and, and then again, I feel like I wished on the monkey's paw because right. literally five days later, we received an email to previous producers of the Cincinnati Fringe asking if we would take a survey, an improvement survey. Like, how mm-hmm. can, how can we improve? We're looking for a new leadership for the festival. And I just went <clears throat> like, and I emailed them right away and I just was like, have you hired this person yet? Because I want to throw my hat in the ring. I'm so excited about this position. And they sent me the job posting and it's the fastest cover letter I've ever written in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Uh, well, so now, now you're here and yeah. Now you're in the driver's seat on this thing. And what was it? My, is, is it, is my, it what you pictured? 
Yes and no. Um, my friend Patrick in Cincinnati, she said the funniest thing. I said, Patrick, this is like my dream job. And he said, well, nightmares are dreams too. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cincy Fringe is so much bigger than the Ithaca Fringe was, which is where we met. Um, yeah. And we were like one-tenth the size of you guys, but it was still so much work. And yeah. I was extremely lucky to have so many highly qualified people making this thing happen. You know, my, my wife, Maura was, I mean, she did so many darn things that, you know, I can't even keep track of what she did. Peggy Carey, you know, ran the show, yeah. everything, you know. Um, so, yeah. yeah. What's your staff like? I mean, because I know some of the folks out there. I still remember the Born Traggers. I remember, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and, oh, by the way, I love the little distancing thing you put up. One Born Traeger between, you know, every. Right. Beautiful. That's not me. That's all them. It's so funny. Okay. I know. So what's it like um, working with these folks? Oh, it's great. Uh, we have an awesome staff. I, uh, uh, you know, uh, I will say that you had a very difficult job in that with Ithaca. You started it from scratch. You know, you yeah. started, you had a concept. Um, whereas I feel like I have inherited incredible infrastructure that's been in place yeah. for the last 19 years and only getting better and better. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have, we have a we have a full theater staff now. The no the Cincinnati Fringe Festival is a no theater production, mm -hmm. um, and the no theater will be celebrating its coming up on its twenty fifth season, and the Cincinnati Fringe Festival will be coming up on the twentieth season. That's all next. That's that's twenty two twenty three. Right. But um, you know, but these are dedicated theater practitioners and. The fringe is we you know it's we call it fringe moss you know it is <laughs> it is it is our high holy days it is when we get together and and connect and it and it really is something spiritual I think that's I think that's what I find so wonderful about the community yeah. is that it is a community that is driven by something more than capitalism capitalism is certainly a constraint when it comes sure, to your yeah. time your energy and your resources um but people are genuinely looking for and creating meaning every good theater production and every good arrangement of theater okay turns into a family yeah and like you said, it's so much, so much more than capitalism, even though we are completely dependent upon the kindness of strangers, right? Um, but once we get together and we start working and we start making things happen and we start solving problems, you know, that to me is where I want to go after I die. It's just like, you know, in, in production and rehearsal room heaven for the rest of you, because it's so beautiful, yeah. Yeah. I, I was in Cincinnati this week for our first big event on Monday and it felt like the trial run. And, uh, what your listeners should know is that I don't live in Cincinnati. I live in 
I live in upstate New York. I live in Troy, just outside of Albany. Mm-hmm. And um, we've only lived here for a little over a year, but that's coming from 11 years of living in Brooklyn. And we had toured to Cincinnati many times, but this is, I'm, I'm doing this job remotely. And so my team is there on the ground in Cincinnati making things Wait, happen. you're doing this from Troy? Correct. Wow. Okay. So I flew down last weekend for a long weekend to uh, go put up posters all around Cincinnati and mm-hmm. produce this event on Monday night. And it went great. But it was like our trial run, you know, of like, okay, now let's do this times 14, you know? So, um, and yeah, it went, it, it was so, it was so satisfying to be able to be in the room with everybody. I, so much of this job is emails and text-based communication and for a theater maker, or at least I don't know, for a Vanguard millennial like me, whenever I get the chance to talk to somebody, you know, whether it's Zoom or a phone call or, oh gosh, live and in person, it's just so gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. So being in a, being in an outdoor space with everybody that came to our first big event was just awesome, you know? Nice. Nice. It's a good way to get things started and it gives you so much confidence that you know this is going to be successful as heck. So Yeah, and yeah. I think it really uh solidified for me my I think it's my it's it's it, it's my post quarantine. We're not out of the pandemic yet. It's right. my post quarantine philosophy is that unless it is bringing me joy and bringing others joy, then I am not interested in, I don't know. I've just, I've been a part of processes, processes, you know, possibly by my own doing where, where it was very stressful. And at the end of the day, it has to be about joy, you know? Agreed. And I can't, I can be, I can be anxious about only so much, but really, I, I, I think anybody who was there on Monday would probably be like, oh, well, that evening probably aired on the side of Lucy Goosey. But at the end of the day, I just want people who are emerging from pandemic isolation. I want it to be, I want them to realize that making connection with each other can be low stakes. People can come as mm-hmm. they are. Performance is only one aspect of this. And I don't oh, want yeah. people oh, to yeah. have to put, I want them to have to put, you know, we already have to put on a physical mask in order to keep each other safe. You don't have to put on a uh, metaphorical one, if you will. Well, come I'm, as you are. The thing I remember about Cincinnati, both times I was there was, it was a party and people were in, literally in love with each other, helping each other yeah. out, being wonderful to each other, always passing smiles on. I, mean, I had the opportunity to be in the no theater bar in the mornings, yeah. usually sobering up. Um, <laughs> when, you know, Eric Vosmer and his crew were having their, their morning meetings. And yeah. these were meetings that I tried to model our own meetings on because it was a matter of fact, they got things done. But it was so supportive. You could tell everybody in that little enclave 
loved each other. All right? Totally. Which is the only reason to do this. I mean, if you want to be miserable, go get a job somewhere. Totally. You want to be happy, do theater. Yeah. 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 It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing you've, you've, you've found yourself in. Um, so let's talk about, you know, because we've referred to this a couple of times. Let's talk about the infected elephant in the room. How are you managing COVID? What are the requirements? And with all those in-person shows you got coming up. Um, yeah. So what's it like dealing with that? So we will be learning from years past. So mm. in 2020, the Cincinnati Fringe Festival, it being one of the earlier festivals in the American circuit, if you will, it takes yeah. place in like late May, early June. They pivoted so fast, consider all things considered. And it, it just went immediately online. And then in 2021 with the uncertainty, they did it completely. It was hybrid. It was online and anything in person was outdoors. Mm -hmm. And a beautiful thing that I think has come out of that is one of the staples of all the great fringe festivals of at least North America. And that is that there is an outdoor free programming component. And that is what we are focusing on this year, that there is a return to normalcy. We will have a full lineup of indoor pop-up venues where everyone will be masked. I don't believe we can require vaccination cards anymore. And I don't, you know, we're so removed from boosters. We, we are requiring all of our staff and our artists to be vaccinated. Um, but I think legally we can't require, I, I don't think we can do that in Ohio. Yeah, the United States has started to relax its requirements under great amounts of pressure. And for what it's worth, I think they're making a huge mistake because um, this thing is not going away. Yeah. And so I think with all that in mind, providing out free outdoor programming is so crucial to moving forward, not only in from the pandemic and dealing with the pandemic and people's, um, you know, and, and just in, in order to protect our most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but also just making it more accessible to the neighborhood that we live in. Um, OTR, Over the Rhine, is a historically Black neighborhood that has been rapidly gentrified, more so yeah. than any neighborhood that I have ever seen. And I lived in Crown Heights, Brooklyn for, and I contributed to the gentrification of Crown Heights, Brooklyn um, from 2010 until 2021. So um, it is very real to us that, that even as accessible financially as fringe festivals are as a whole and our festival is with individual tickets starting at $16 and the availability of passes that make individual, you know, uh, performances even less mm -hmm. that there is still a huge 
there's still a huge part of this neighborhood and our society that cannot afford that. And so yeah. that is why it is really important to us to be able to provide not only a space for artists to be adventurous, try something new, mm-hmm. low stakes, low risk, you know, on an outdoor stage, and to also be able to provide that kind of entertainment to this wider audience. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, because that's always been one of the big things about theater is, you know, I can't afford it. Um, and people yeah. get around that in in so many different ways. But making room for everybody is something that theater needs to do. I mean, if theater exists on a shoestring anyway. It's a very thin shoestring. It's a threadbare shoestring. And we and, can't afford to continue to subsidize it on the backs of artists. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, society needs to step up and start supporting it. Uh but that's a whole different thing because, you know, that just encourages critical thinking, which is not something we want to get into right now. Um, well, and I think that's what the beauty of fringe festivals is and that yes. so many people don't, don't fully understand is that fringe festivals mm-hmm. are non-commercial. These are artists that are driven by their desire to express something that they are not witnessing in in mainstream culture you know and i know that and to be a fringe artist is to work within so many constraints um which is 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 just beautiful for both the audience and the artist it encourages so much imagination the constraint of it it is it is minimalist set dressing mm-hmm. for maximalist sensibilities. Yeah. You know, um, our shows never exceed an hour. So for the price of what you would pay to go see a touring Broadway show, you can see eight fringe festival shows. That exactly. is an entire that is an entire weekend if you really want to cram it in, you know, mm-hmm. of a accessible entertainment that will inspire you it will and it might enlighten you it will it might challenge you um because the creators are driven by so much more than the bottom line exactly i mean fringe festivals are where you go to see the the newest the most experimental the stuff that the mainstream theaters will never give a chance to because it doesn't fit their spreadsheet requirements for putting butts in seats every single night, which is what they survive on. It might put off a donor. It might, you know, like that. And that is what is so beautiful about fringe festivals is that I think it is the most small D democratic Mm -hmm. institution within our, uh, within a a huge arts scene. You know? How do you select your acts? Let me ask you that. Ah, great question. I so know. We have. <laughs> so, Cincy Fringe is a curated festival, and this year we had a uh, we had a, a jury of forty individuals. They're all they are all uh, performing arts professionals, mm-hmm. and this year they came not just from Cincinnati, but 
all over North America. I was so happy to be able to extend it to um, my network. I through through a through a major social media conglomerate. Um, <laughs> I put out the call and said, "Hey, like, hey, my Fringe Festival." Um, performers and adjacent friends, will you, will you help us select this year's roster? And our lineup is reflective of our jury, which, which was uh, more than 50% female. We had trans and non-binary adjudicators and about a quarter of our jury identified as BIPOC and our festival reflects those numbers. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, and that is, yeah. Important thing is to have an across the spectrum representation because that's what theater does. It reflects life. Yes. And that's the beauty. You know, a lot of people, Cincinnati is a great fringe festival because, a, because it is adjudicated, mm-hmm. um, it we are smaller. We are a two-week-long festival where you can, if you're very dedicated, go see everything. Sure. Yep. And the bigger festivals, we don't aspire to be a bigger festival. We are a festival of new work. You mm-hmm. are never going to see work repeated at our festival. Yeah. Good. So... Just moving slightly away from this particular subject, we're going to move to a similar subject. This is not the first festival that you've been involved in the creation of, is it? I, I, I seem to remember reading something about a Twin Cities Horror Festival. Which yeah. I wish I lived in Minneapolis because that's, I love that stuff. What was that? You, well, you should come to Minneapolis this year for the Twin Cities Horror Festival because we're actually, um, the Cold Hearts was born of the Twin Cities Horror Festival pretty much at the same time. Um, A group of our friends that we went to college with at the University of Minnesota, we were all, um, we were all in the general theaters, theater studies, which was uh, heavily concentrated on creating your own work on ensemble devised, um, and so there was a group of us that all got to know each other doing improv comedy at an after, like out after at a, uh, basically like not in a class. What is that called? <laughs> at an after hours, it was like a club. We were an improv club. And yeah. so, and then we a formed, a, yeah. And then we formed a group, um, And we performed at an improvised courtroom of God was the, was the, uh, was the form uh, at the Minnesota Fringe Festival in 2004. Yes. So that was my first Fringe Festival um, with this group of friends. And then emerging from that model years later, Nick had written a play. He had a theater company with, with all these, uh, with all these guys. And they had, as you know, um, created a piece of horror theater called Harold, 
And I'm very familiar with that play. I know you yeah. are. And so and so from this desire to be able to rent a theater and produce Harold around Halloween, that is hugely out of the budget of so many independent theater makers. And so naturally, the best way to go about doing this is to team up with other independent theater makers. Mm -hmm. And from that, we followed a fringe festival model. And I believe in that first year, perhaps it was six or seven original horror pieces from local, I guess we were the only out of town artists um, for the first Twin Cities Horror Festival. And that was back in 2012. And so this year, it is a a brand new batch of producers. It has been handed over to the next generation that is passionate about the Twin Cities Horror Festival. And the festival is now in its 11th year. That's amazing. Wonderful. Isn't that great? Yeah, God, I wish I was there for that one. Okay. Uh, um, last subject, and I want to go back to the cold hearts. Uh, you said you guys were busy, 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 and then the pandemic hit, and then you had this enforced rest, um, which is probably a good thing because you can only do this kind of touring and what hotel, what city are we in, what show are we doing kind of thing for so long before, you know, burnout hits. Yeah. You got anything coming up? We do. We are so excited. We are returning to the Fringe Festival circuit. Um, actually, at the first Fringe Festival that we ever did in 2013, and that's Kansas City, my hometown. Um, they are under new leadership. Uh, Cheryl Kimmy founded the Kansas City Fringe Festival a number of years ago and has recently given it over to Audrey Crabtree. And Audrey Crabtree, if you don't know, is a clown extraordinaire, originally from Kansas City, Missouri. She spent something like 18 years in Brooklyn. She founded the the New York Clown Festival at the Brick Theater in Brooklyn. And she's worked for everybody. Cirque du Soleil, Clowns Without Borders, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she, after after spending the last couple of years in St. Louis creating work uh, with her company, Ten Directions, she has taken over the helm of the Kansas City Fringe Festival and it is gonna be killer. Great, what, do you, what show are you guys doing? So we are bringing um, Edgar Allen uh. and we <laughs> and let's see and i we just got our schedule last night we will be at the center for spiritual living really? it, it is a non-denominational center i have found in kansas city um with that where the emphasis is on god being god is an embodiment of love okay and I, um, having, being, um, being from Kansas city, I am really, I really, I love that idea of God being love, you know, as a, as a spiritual person, but Mm. a non-religious person, I, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good one to get behind. 
So, so that'll be fun will, getting back on stage. Yeah, we will be back. Um, we So we'll be there for five performances from July 22nd to July 30th. Yes. Nice. And then Nick has been at work on a solo show. Um, and that will be under, I believe, the Cold Hearts banner at the Minnesota Fringe. And that is called Silver Hammer. And it is a personal account of mass psychosis. So uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm very excited to see that. It, that will also premiere, but not under the Cold Hearts banner at the Cincinnati French Festival Ooh. as a special event. So, um, and then, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we are super excited. Um, it is only through the generosity of an angel donor who gave us a significant amount of money last year out of the blue and said, I want to give you this money and I want you to finish your trilogy of Edgar Allen. And we said, oh my God, uh, well, wow, nothing is stopping us. Yeah. And so we're actually so excited. We will be returning with Edgar Perry, the third in the triptych of the Edgar Allan Poe childhood series at Twin Cities Horror Festival 11. Beautiful. That is so cool. Yay. Thanks. We're We're so excited. Yeah, well, you should be. That's great. Somebody loves your work enough to fund it. Oh, my goodness. Right? No, right? It's, it, that's, it took a long time. It took yeah. a long time. We had so much, we had so much support from small donors over the pandemic through Patreon. Yeah. And we are so grateful to them um, for not judging us for immediately reorienting our skill set to uh, pumping out small, you know, Patreon like bites of work. Yeah. We just, um, the theater just doesn't work like that. It theater is, works however you can get the money, really. And theater, it's not always and, easy. Yeah, well, theater I think is a lot like poetry in that you have to have so much time and space, and you need to be able to be relaxed yeah. in order to be playful and imaginative and. Yeah. I wouldn't say that the last two years were the most relaxing years. <laughs> yeah. Even if we were on the dole, you know, right. it was not relaxing. We were, that's survival and nobody should be expected to create in times of that. But it is our imaginations that we, you know, it is yeah. our imaginations that help us create joy in times of sorrow. True. It's some of the greatest art comes from some of the most unimaginable challenges, but you guys sound yeah. like you're doing okay. And it sounds like yeah. the Cincy fringe is going to be a smash. I know it's going to be a smash um, with, with you at the helm and, and with that amazing crew out there. It you know is saying? an amazing crew. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be wonderful. Katie Hartman, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, 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 busy schedule to come and talk to us. Um, Thank you, George. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Good luck. 
Hey kids, thanks for listening to On Stage, Off Stage. On Stage, Off Stage is produced monthly, and all of our shows can be found at onstageoffstage.org and also on iTunes and Spotify. If you enjoy what we do, please recommend us to your friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OnOffStage. And if you are a theater artist with an upcoming project of interest or know of someone in the theater who'd make some seriously good chat, by all means, send us a note at info at onstageoffstage.org. I'm George Sapio. Thank you once again for listening. And please, stay safe, be careful, not only for yourself, but for those with whom we all share this rock. And as always, happy theatering to all of you. <laughs>